familiar or a familiar story coming gonna kind of be talking about uh, but it's maybe a unfamiliar passage uh, sometimes when you read your Bibles you can go through a passage and kind of glaze by it like if you're reading your Bible chart but uh, if you have your Bibles turn to second Samuel chapter 21 amen second Samuel chapter 21 starting in verse number 15 going to go down to verse number 22. Amen. You have it. Say amen. Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel, and David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines. And David waxed faint. And Isbenob, which was of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass in weight. He, being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. But Abishai, the son of Zeruah, secured him and smote the Philistine and killed them. And then men of David swore unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. And it came to pass after this, that there was an, again a battle with the Philistines at Gob, and that Sebekai the Hushai slew Saph, which was one of the sons of the giant. And there was again a battle in Gob with the Philistines, where Elhanan, the son of Jeorgam, a Bethlehemite, slew the brother of Goliath the Gittite, the staff of whose whose spear was like a weaver's beam. And yet there was yet a battle in Gath, where was a man of great stature that had on every hand six fingers and on every foot six toes, four and twenty in number. And he also was born to the giant. And when he defiled Israel, Jonathan the son of Shimei, the brother of David, slew him. These four were born to the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. And just want to kind of preach to you a little bit here tonight about slaying giants, slaying giants. I want us to bow our heads as we pray and ask the Lord to minister. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, Jesus, Lord, and I, Lord, we know we've already felt your spirit here in this house, God, Lord, and we know, God, Lord, that you want to do a great work inside each and every one of our hearts and lives, Lord, and I believe, Lord, there's things that Lord, that come against us just as they come against David, God, Lord. But I pray, God, Lord, that you would let us see the potential, Lord, that you see in, in your eyes, God, Lord. I pray, God, Lord, that you would strengthen each and every person, Lord, that you would minister and touch this message here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Each Christian will face battles throughout the life they're called to live. And there will not be just one battle, but each of us will face multiple battles. And situations we face may appear overwhelming as we face our own giants, but God sends a deliverer when we need that deliverer the most. And we look at, you can remember the apostle, he wrote, uh, uh, wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11, for these things happen to them as an example, but they were written down for them as or our instruction. And it's a reminder that we must not read so fast and skip through 
all the verses and sometimes just to read our Bible charts and, and say I've read that particular passage. And I will have to, I will have to say to you, even this particular passage, really, uh, when I was studying, didn't really come to light. I mean, most of us here tonight, we've heard about the story of David and Goliath, and we've heard, uh, probably heard that since we was a little child, and, and, and how David took down Goliath, and, and yet David had more battles than just Goliath. He had, he had other giants, and I believe in this passage, it, this text, it appears that, you know, easily kind of dismissed by the average reader, but sometimes the names of individuals that lived long ago, and those names, maybe they're hard to pronounce as I went through this passage of Scripture. Uh, I believe that they can enlighten and, and, and give us a, uh, a sense of what God wants to see. Amen. Amen. The people named in this passage are not well known, but they're incidents that provide vital instruction. And I believe it's for our benefit. These were enemies of God who helped some powerful men, by, who was helped by some of the most powerful men, David's mighty men. And most of us probably have studied at one point or another David's mighty men. You look at those men and some of the things they were able to accomplish, and men that slew people. Uh, 300, 500, 800 people in a day, and you think, how in the world can that be accomplished? And it, it can't be accomplished through our own might, but through God's might, all things can be accomplished. And I believe that goes to show you, that puts a price on, on I believe that there, there was a, and Brother Harrelson mentioned it even here this morning about when he was talking about Samson, the Nazarite, and he make, making that vow, and there was a there was strength that come upon him. I believe that there's there there is a supernatural power when you when you um, when you consecrate yourself and you set yourself apart and you dedicate yourself to a specific um, principle that the Lord has in store for us. And and I believe even here tonight when we look at these giants and we think you know what is that you know. You listed all those names, Brother Chad, but what does that mean? And we're going to kind of go through, walk through this passage of Scripture. I do have a lot of notes. I pray that I don't get buried down in notes, but um, I believe that the Lord can help, help us to get through those things. Amen. The king heard of what it was said. David was summoned before the king, and perhaps he was full of youthful uh, passions, and, and uh, a lot of times we as youth, you know, we, we have a, uh, a zeal for the Lord. We have a passion for the Lord. And just perhaps God was working through that young shepherd's heart. But when David appeared before the king, he said, and you, you can turn back and follow back because I'm going to kind of start back when David was facing Goliath, I mean, Goliath, 1 Samuel chapter 17. He said in 17 and 32, let no man's heart fail him because your servant will go and fight the Philistine. You see the the... Goliath, he had taunted the Israelites for 40 days. Uh, you think about 40 days, and it was morning and night, and he was constantly, you know, taunting them, mocking them. And you, when you do kind of an in-depth study as far as, like, that passage of Scripture and the Israelites, number one thing that kind of sticks out at me and all that, at, uh, you know, that they didn't have anybody that, was willing to go out and fight the man. You had to send a young shepherd boy out there, and you know that's a sad that's a sad state to be in. And 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 Saul responded back back to David. He said, "You're not able to go against this Philistine." And in verse number thirty three, for you're but a youth, and he is but a man, he is but a man of war from his youth. And 
this teenage boy pointed to God and rather than merely boasting of his own strength. And David responded, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And where there came a lion and a bear, he took a lion from the flock. And I went after him and struck him and he delivered it out of the mouth. And one of the things you look at that particular where David killed that lion and the bear, the sheep wasn't wandering outside the flock, but they came into the flock to kill the sheep, the lion and the bear. There are certain things I believe that the Lord, when the enemy attacks, there are certain principles that you can go and you can put your, I mean, David didn't do it just to win victory, but he come at him in the name of the Lord. And when they were singing that song, uh, you know, Jesus, there, you know, there's no other name like him. Uh, I mean, there's power in Jesus's name. We know there's victory in Jesus's name. We know there's strength in Jesus's name. And, and uh, you know, David knew firsthand of what God's delivering power could be. And he emphasized confidence. And, and David testified, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear would deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And it was enough. And you, you have enemies, even in our today, in our, um, the enemy in our today, today's society you look at everything going on brother harrelson preached about you know warning signs and you look at goliath and you look at goliath's name it means to exile to isolate basically to intimidate and the enemy would love nothing more to intimidate you to get you bound down in fear and say you know he's got you where he wants you there's no way when you look at the stature of goliath he was somewhere between the uh the height range of nine to ten and a half feet tall and and I can imagine you know seeing somebody of that stature and you think you know how in the world can we go up against him another thing that was when you read and you do a study is that there was only one uh irons place only only two people had weapons on the Israelites army and that was uh Jonathan and that was Saul uh all the rest of them was really uh helpless they were really coward cowards I guess you could say because they I mean, they just walked around and wandered around. They didn't, um, th- they didn't live up to their potential. And God forbid that we don't live up to the potential in our lives. And I, I believe that, you know, it should be more than just, you know, we walk in here and, and you know, we feel discouragement. So I know sometimes the world, you know, they try to come against us and, and negativity in, in our job situations, you know, and I don't want to kind of um, say too many personal references, but I, I've got a guy I work with on my route, and he has been like almost a thorn in my side to where he is constantly ridiculed and made remarks. And sometimes those things can get the best of you, and you just weigh down and you just say, you know, this is the way it's going it's to be. But I don't believe that. I believe that we can pray a prayer. I believe that we can pray things out. I believe that there's victory on the horizon. And so we, we look at David, and we, we see that David didn't come with him with a might, any kind of mighty weapons. He'd come with him in the name of the Lord and with a sling and some stones. You think, how can you defeat a, a giant with just some sling, with a sling and a stone or a couple of stone, smooth stones? And, uh, and it's, it's easy to miss in our text today when we look at these particular individuals. And I, I'm going to co- kind of go uh, not get so homed in on Goliath because most of us know that familiar passage of Scripture. But uh, there was another name of a giant. His name was Ishbanab, one of the descendants of the giants. And when you look at the name Ishbanab, his name means dwelling or seat in Nob. Nob was a town in ancient Israel in the vicinity of Jerusalem. It was near the Mount of Olives. And in the Bible, Nob was the place that David fled to and met the high priest Ahimelech, in whom he received bread and 
and Goliath's sword. You can read that in 1 Samuel 21 and 22. And basically, Nob means high place when you look at the Hebrew lexicon. And, and, uh, and so when you look at the Ishmael, he was sometimes our enemy it can be one of those dwelling in a high place. It can be somebody that's in a higher place than what you are. It's a, kind of like a giant of pride, I guess you could say. And, and, uh, and sometimes that can be a powerful person with powerful connections. You know, it can be influence, authority, wealth, somebody that's got plenty um, that's in a position over you, and you can, you can fit the category of wherever, you know, giants that's been in your, in your uh, past life or in the past of your life, and, and it could have been a bad boss person. It could have been somebody that you had to deal with, a thorn in your side. But I believe that in that first giant, we look at Ishbanab, we face such a lofty and formidable enemy that we can't help but think that our, it's beyond our reach, that they're, intu- they're untouchable, that we feel helpless. We feel like almost like that Israelite army, that we, you know, there, there's no way to, uh, you know, things are going to be what they're going to be. But yet, God sees fit to send the Abishai. Amen. Aren't you thankful for an Abishai? And it said that, you know, the, th- the scripture that kind of got to my, got me in my attention, when, even when I started reading this passage of scripture, was David waxed faint. And David, it was at a period of his time that, you know, he fought the giant when he was younger, and he thought, you know, I fought giant when I'm younger, and, you know, that's going to be done with and over with. But yet, giants just kept coming in David's life. And if giants came in David's life, giants are going to come in your life. Because David was the, he was the promised seed. He was in the lineage. And, and David was an old man by now. And he, you know, he couldn't hold up his sword like he once would when he was out in the battle. And he felt himself being weary and felt himself having a, a sense of just, um, you know, just the weariness of life. And, you know, have you ever been there? Can you, can you relate to that? And I can relate to that. And, and know sometimes that we always don't have the strength. You know, when David first came to the giant, Goliath, you know, he ran to him. He had a zeal. He had a passion. He had a, um, he had that uh, that youthfulness on his side. But yet, he found himself being in a place of being weary and faint. And the enemy loves nothing more to get us when we're weary and we're tired, and we 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 feel like that we we you know we, our shield is not as 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 strong as what it used to be. Our hand grip. The, uh, not only the grip to the shield, but our hands to the sword is not, we don't possess that strength that we once, once possessed as an earlier young child. Amen. But God sent Abishai. And Abishai means my father is Jesse or my father is a gift. It also can mean the present of my father. And when we look at that, I believe Ephesians 1 and 20 and 21 kind of sums that up the bible says that god raised jesus from the dead and he seated he seated him at the right hand in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in his age but also in which is to come also says in philippians 2 9 through 11 it says therefore god also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name and that the name of jesus every knee should bow and those of heaven and those of earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and to the glory of God. And so it doesn't matter how high the giant is. It doesn't matter where the giant, where, where other people see the giant, you feel like he's untouchable. You know what? You go to somebody higher. You go to 
Jesus Christ, which is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. 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 Nothing like putting your faith and trust in the Lord. Nothing like seeing God work. And so God took Abishai, which means my father is Jesse, my father is a gift, and basically used that person to destroy that giant. But then there came along a second giant. Amen. When we look at it, and it says it came to pass in verse number 18, it says, After this, there again was a battle in the Philistines at Gob. Then Sabachai, the Hushite, slew Seth, which was one of the sons of giant. When you look at Seth, some people say that he equates to, uh, he was the giant of hypocrisy, somebody that defiled and somebody that polluted, somebody that's... um, because Seth, he simply, his name means tall. And if you ever, of course, if you ever been in a fight uh, when you was a younger child and you ever tried to fight somebody that's tall, it's kind of a hard task to do uh, because yet you're trying to reach and you're trying to hit them, but yet they have the upper hand because of their height. And it'd be easy to just, you know, just knock the enemy down and uh, just like Jack chopped the beanstalk and... Um, and the giant came tumbling down, but yet sometimes we don't we uh, we see that second giant and that giant of Saf, and we we see how tall he is, and sometimes we can equate that to the mountains and the, and the uh, the the hills that we have to climb, and we we seems like that there's there's impossible um, feats because we look at the mountain, we say it's so high and it's 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 unreachable, and and the devil will love nothing more to. And to put a giant in front of you and say, you know what, you're never going to obtain, you're never going to obtain righteousness. You're never going to attain holiness. You're never going to be able to reach through and obtain those things. And and I believe us as individuals here today that you know the enemy tries to talk to us. If you're trying to do a walk, a work, and a, you're trying to uh, not only do a work and a um, your relationship with the Lord, you're trying to develop that. God sees fit, you're going to have opposition from the enemy. The enemy's not going to lay aside the weight. He's not going to, he's not going to sit there and let you make progress at all costs. But yet, Sabachai destroys Saf. And Sabachai means weaver. And I believe that this particular individual, when I was doing a study on him, that it was kind of a, when you look through, I kind of looked at Brown Driver and the Briggs uh, Hebrew, Hebrew lexicon, and a, a weaver is someone who makes cloth by interlacing the threads of the weave and the warp on the loom. He would skill it undoubtedly involve cutting threads and cloth. In fact, the book of Isaiah, when you really kind of flip through Isaiah 38 and 12, says that my lifespan is gone, taken away from me, like a shepherd's tent, Hezekiah is talking about. I've cut off my life like a weaver. He cuts me off from the loom from day into night. You make an end of me. And it not it apt that God chooses a weaver to cut down a tall enemy? Amen. If you study the word weaver, it appears in the Bible, not only in Isaiah 38 and 12, but it also appears in Exodus chapter 26 and 36 and 27 and 16 and and uh, there's other, and I don't want to kind of get buried down in that. But basically, that weaver cuts down the tall enemies. And you, you think about, and it kind of goes into the color of, uh, the color, colors that the weavers use. And, of course, we know, like, purple's a royal color, and it speaks of God's kingship and, and, uh, and so on. But basically, 
What I want to get to here tonight is that he interlaces those different colors of thread in a beautiful cloth. And to me, it's somebody that understands the aspects of Jesus. And it, it harmlessly and beautifully, in short, uh, woves those things together. And so who are you talking about? I'm talking about a skilled preacher. I'm talking about somebody that preaches and not only encourages you, but helps establish your walk and your relationship with the Lord. And we get that on a regular basis. We we feel the empowerment of the Spirit. We feel God moving in a mighty way. We feel God's presence, just like we felt here this morning. And I believe that God wants not only us to be overachievers, He wants us to reach down and slay the things that, that even in our deepest uh, and most private prayers, because each and every one of us, we fight battles. We have private prayers that we fight. We have uh, private things that we pray out. And Jesus. Jesus can be that weaver. He can help us to be, to, you know, to take those tall enemies, those enemies that seem like mountaintops, those enemies that are full, are uh, put on high places, and he can knock them down. He can take them down to a place to where it's eye level. Amen. Amen. The third giant we see is Goliath. I and mean, if, you, if you look in First Chronicles also, it talks about, uh, it says Goliath the Gittite, but basically... This was Goliath's brother, and he was called Lamia. And when you look at the look up the word Lama, uh, basically it's literally talking about food. And and um, you know I believe that that's one of the another one of the battles that we fight as far as us as individuals as we fight our flesh. And you know the scripture, which is in Philippians chapter three and nineteen, where it talks about that those that made um, their bellies their gods. And I believe that. The enemy would love nothing more for us to cater to our flesh, to be distracted by our flesh, to get so entertainment-minded and so focused on things and our desires that we would have for our flesh. And, and that's one of the enemies, I believe, one of the giants that each and every one of us face on a day-in and day-out basis. And that's, that's the giant of our flesh. And, and it tries to appeal at us. It tries to, you know, it tries to get us through the lust of our eyes. And we know that we know that we see something appealing, something that's appetizing. You go into a place and you see something that's, uh, you see something that's cooking or something that's baking, and you, you know, you naturally you smell it and you want it, and and so those those things are appealing to us. And that that third giant, which is uh, which when I said was uh, llama, which basically in other words means food. Uh, you know, it's a it's attractive, it's, it's, it's entertaining, it's, it's appeasing to our flesh, but yet God has much more than just what we can feed our flesh. Amen. He gives us, and he, he gives us the bread of life, and he gives us uh, water that we'll never thirst again. And, and I, I believe even throughout the passage of Scripture, we see that we see little David, and you think about how David... Uh, how God used David mightily. He wasn't somebody, he was a nobody. He was a Bethlehemite. He was somebody that was off off um, the beaten path, somebody that whenever they looked down, when they went in there and they was looking at men to, to use and all, they, they didn't even count him. He was out in the shepherd field. He was tending sheep. He wasn't even somebody that they looked at as a warrior, but yet God sees fit. God sees more than just the outward appearance, but he sees the heart. And that's what matters. And, and I believe each and every one of us that God sees our heart. He knows our potential. He knows what we can tap into. Amen. 
You think about the story of Esther and and uh, what she had to go through and her being amongst those beautiful, all those beautiful young virgins, and yet God used her in a mighty way. You think about the story of Gideon. He was so afraid of the Midianites that he threshed wheat in the wine press and <coughs> to hide them. When the Lord appeared to him, he called him a mighty man of valor. How can you call Gideon a mighty man of valor? Because God's seen the potential. Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? You look at it in Judges chapter 6. God's seen the potential. And when God's anointing grace come upon them, they overcame the enemies and they became great men and women throughout Scripture. And I wonder if that can be said for even us tonight. You know, I want to slay giants, Brother Chad. There's things that I have inside my heart and my life. There's things that I struggle with. There's things deep within. You know, maybe everybody's struggle might not be the same struggle, but I do believe that each and every one of us, we struggle with giants in our lives. But I, God forbid that we let the giants overcome us because of our outward our outward, what we see on the outside. God has done far greater things. He's got testimonies upon testimonies that we can look throughout the church. And I believe even here tonight that he's wanting to restore and he's wanting to make another testimony through someone. Amen. We see, moving on in verse number 19, it says, And there again was a battle in Gob with the Philistines, and there was El Hanan, the son of Jeroram, a Bethlehemite, who slew the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, whose spear was like a weaver's a beam. Amen. Amen. You see, El Hanan means God has been gracious. When you look up that, uh, when you look up his name, it says his name speaks of the grace of God, which can be defined as unmerited, unearned favor of God. The grace of God is higher than mercy. Mercy means not getting the punishment you deserve, but grace means not only getting not getting the punishment you deserve, but getting the blessings that you don't deserve, and that's grace. That's God's unmerited favor. I wonder if anybody could testify here tonight that we've, not only that we've received the grace of God, but we've received the unmerited favor of the Lord. You know, we see through Scripture, we know we just had Resurrection Sunday, and a even in our Sunday school class here this morning, we talked about Barabbas, and and uh, you think about Barabbas, somebody being some, you know, this heinous criminal, but yet he's seen fit to substitute and take the place for Barabbas. You know, that's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God we serve that it's, he don't look on on what we've done. He 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 he's willing to pay the ultimate price, and he did pay the ultimate price. Amen. Amen. Besides David and Esther and Gideon, you could also consider the story with Joseph. And he went from being a naked slave to most important man, second most important man in Egypt because God was with him and God gave him favor. And I believe that through all those men, you know, what set themselves apart is they not only did they have a relationship with the Lord, but they consecrated themselves. They had a dedication. They had allegiance. They had a commitment. Amen. I wonder if that can be said of us even here tonight. I don't want to be, like Brother Harrison was mentioning this morning, I don't want to be apathetic. I don't want to be full of, of contentment. I don't want to be full of, full of this world, so full that I can't feel the Spirit of the Lord moving inside of me. I don't, I don't want to be 
weighed down with the everyday cares of life that I don't put God at the forefront. I want God to move in a mighty way. I want him to slay things inside my own life and heart. I want him to slay things inside you, you guys' lives. Amen. Amen. But in order to do that, we've got to sell out. We can't look because we're not, we're not going to be, if, we're gonna, if, we're, if God's going to use us in a mighty way, we're going to go through some uncomfortable situations. There's going to be some moments that you're going to be out there by yourself, and there's not going to be somebody with you, but yet God did it for us. Why shouldn't we do it for him? Amen. The fourth giant that we see that is unnamed, we see, it says, And there was yet a battle in Gath, where there was a man of great stature, and there had every hand six fingers, and every foot six toes, and four and twenty in number. And he was also born to that giant. When he defiled Israel, Jonathan the son of Shimei, the brother of David, slew him. When you look at the fourth giant, he's really unnamed, but the, the giant is mentioned stature, or stature means height or achieved status. And so this unnamed giant had a great stature. He's basically kind of like a combination of the first two giants. And not only is Ishbanab somebody that's dwelling in a high place and Saf somebody that's tall, but this enemy has tall as well as height. He's on up in the hierarchy. But yet, it's interesting to see the fact that the enemy has no name, but yet sometimes he's a I mean, but yet he's also listed as a giant. And sometimes we have giants in our life that we can't particular name, that we can't put our finger on it, but yet it, it's distracting. It's, they're causing a disruption in our relationship with the Lord. Amen. And I, I don't... I don't know about you, but I, I look at each and every one of these giants, and I believe one of these giants could touch each and every one of us if we were really true as individuals. Amen. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Each and every one of us, we face giants on a day-in and day-out basis. Amen. I look at the life of David, and I think, what a great man. you know. But David had to endure a lot of hardships. He had to endure... You think about Absalom turned on him. You think about his commander in general turned on him. You think about him reaching the height of his stature. He was 47 years of age, and yet he wanted to stay home, and he committed murder and adultery with Bathsheba, or he, he committed adultery with Bathsheba, and he murdered Uriah the Hittite, which if you study in David's Mighty Men of Valor, uh, or my, you study David's Mighty Men, that Uriah was one of those men. And, uh, you know, that goes to show and tell me that, that uh, you know, that, you know, David wasn't a perfect man, but yet he was, had a willingness to repent. He had a willingness to know, see his failures the way he was. Amen. And that should be the heart beat of each and every one of us, that God forbid that we don't see our failures, don't see our shortcomings, and let the Lord examine us just as he did with David. Amen. Jonathan destroyed this unnamed giant. When we look at the word Jonathan, it means Jehovah, Yahweh has given. Amen. To me, the name speaks of faith because faith is saying that God has given. It's saying that you already have what you've asked God for, even though you do not see it. Mark 11, 22 and 24 says, 
So Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say unto you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the same into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes in those things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Amen. And we know, and of course, Brother Patterson's been preaching on Hebrews that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. I wonder if even here tonight we look at David and we we see that you know, you know, David. There's no mention um, of David helping these men, his men, destroy these four giants, and he was probably just watching from the battle from a distance. And but yet we look at it. It says it does. The scripture does give it credit. It said that these four were born to the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David and the hand of his servants. So even if David was in a old age, God still protected. He still preserved him. And I believe that we still serve a God that protects and preserves and helps us through whatever obstacle may be. It may go our way. And even here tonight, when we look at the story of David and Goliath, and we look at some of the giants that David faced after Goliath, we have to ask ourselves that, you know, David was, he was really an insignificant person, somebody that was off the beaten path, somebody that nobody would think would be a giant killer. You look at those mighty men of valor, those, David's mighty men, and most of those men, they wasn't men of great reputation. Uh, I mean, they didn't have a uh, lineage behind them, but yet God used them in a mighty way. There was such an allegiance to them. Such a dedication. One of the stories when it was talking about David's mighty men and Bethlehem was under siege, it said that, oh, David said, oh, would I have a drink, would love a drink of water from Bethlehem. And because it was under siege of the enemy and there was three of his mighty men that went out to that city without hesitation, they went to the city and they got that drink of water and brought that water back to David. And, and the scripture tells us that when we look at it, that David didn't even drink the water because he said, you know, who am I to drink this water? Because yet these men risked their blood, uh, risked their blood, sweat, and tears for this particular water. And I, I believe that, that that ought to be the case even with us here today. I believe that God's putting people that feel equipped. I believe that, that God, that we know that God can, use, he can work things out, that God can do things work through any situation possible. Sometimes we question our own selves, will God work through me, though, because we know our, sometimes that we're our own biggest critics, and we, we know our own shortcomings and failures, and we know things that's happened in the past with our own self. And I believe that us as individuals, the question is not that God, if God can do it, because we know he can, but we have to really believe that God can do it through us. Amen. What God did for David and Gideon and those other men, he can do for you. There's no giant too big that God can't bring down. We see all those giants, and we see God constantly working through. God always wants to not just uplift and encourage, not just uh, be there in the strength and all, but he wants to, he wants to reach us to reach our true potential and that's the question here tonight 
Are you going to reach your true potential? We look at 2 Kings chapter 6, and Elisha uh, was, you know, was looking at the Syrian army, or there was his servant with Elisha, and he was looking at the Syrian army, and the Syrian army uh, looked like they were surrounding them. They had so many men, and he was panicking. He said, Elisha, you know, look at all the men around us. And Elisha told him that I pray that you did, that you not see through your eyes, but you see through the Lord's eyes. And he closed his eyes, and he opened his eyes. And, and, and God can do mighty works when we allow God to work through us. Amen. I pray that we don't see through the, our natural eyes, but we see through the eyes of the Lord. Amen. He can empower us. Amen. You think about those children of Israel, um, the Israelites, and how they walked, went through, uh, and they dealt with Pharaoh and dealt with all those years of bondage in Egypt, and yet God made a way. He parted the Red Sea, and he opened, um, opened a way up, but yet 11 days later into their journey, they were battling the, they were battling the same things with their flesh. They would say, oh, would I like to be back in Egypt and have the food? And I believe that even us as individuals, sometimes we get in the moments of murmuring and complaining. We, we have our giants of negativity, and we have our giants that weigh on our shoulder of, oh, things would things be like they was in the past. I'd be better off than just be where I'm at here today. God puts us in uncomfortable situations to grow us, to mature us. Amen. We're not the head, we're not the tail. We're called to be above and not beneath. And you got to determine, am I going to be a mighty man? Am I going to be somebody that's going to slay giants? If I'm going to be what God has intended for me to be, there's going to be a price tag. If you're going to be more than a conqueror, you're going to have to conquer some things. Things are not just going to fall by the wayside. You're going to have to walk through some trials and tribulation. You know, Scripture tells us that there will be tribulation, but yet God's going to, he's going to take us through the fire, and he's going to purify us like gold. And that's what we want to be. We want to be finished products. Amen. Amen. We want to be finished products. Amen. I don't want to be, I don't want to be, let my shortcomings or failures or giants of pride or giants of whatever you can fill in the blank hinder my relationship and what God has in store for us. You look at this particular passage of scripture and you see it was toward the later years of David's life and it would have been easy for David to say, what I've done, done my, I've done, done my time. I've done fought my battles, I done fought my victories, but yet David didn't do that. David was in there with his brethren, and I believe that even here tonight, we can, we can say those same thoughts, and we think about all the victories and all the battles that we have won in the past, but what I'm asking you here tonight is where are you at in your relationship with the Lord here tonight? Are they giants that still have to be slayed? I would dare say yes. Amen. Amen. And the question is, are we gonna are we gonna get caught up in a battle? Are we gonna give up? We're gonna be apathetic? Are we gonna be discouraged? Are we gonna let the enemy come in there and mock us just like he did with Goliath and say, You're never gonna be no further in your relationship with the Lord. You're never gonna grow no further than what you are. You're never gonna be nothing but a pew warmer, a pew dweller. You're never gonna be what 
these mighty men, when you read some of the things that they did, you think, how in the world could they accomplish these things? You know, I believe that, that God can strengthen and touch, and there's such an a, uh, there's such a, 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 oftentimes we, we look at the cost and we measure our lives uh, we look at our lives and we look at the cost and what it's going to cost and the sacrifice and we get hung up on the sacrifice and the cost and we never reach our full potential and i i guess you know i know i've kind of i've had a lot of notes and i'm kind of probably messed this sermon up but my my point i'm making here tonight is i don't want to get caught up in the cost and weighing the cost out if we're constantly weighing the cost out not willing to sacrifice, or what am I going to get out of it, or how things are going to play out. We're always wondering how things are going to play out. God's never going to use us to our full potential. He's never going to slay. He's never going to give us the victory over giant, over giant, over giant, unless we're willing to count our lives as nothing, to pour our lives out, like Paul said, as a drink offering. And that's why we have to be even here tonight. I want us to stand here tonight. Amen. I believe that God's calling each and every one of us to a sense of consecration and commitment. And I know we come to this altar. I know we pray. And I know that God ministers and touches. But I just believe, even here tonight, and I know probably I haven't done the best or best with this message and all, but I do believe that God's wanting each and every one of us to help slay. Not only our own giants, God, but you're wanting us to reach our potential. Because I believe that the potential in here is just like the potential with those mighty men. That, God, that you used them in a mighty way. And there wasn't, there wasn't people that, that had certain last names or there wasn't individuals that was high up in, in certain particular armies. But they were common men. And I believe, God, Lord... That when we have an allegiance and we have a dedication and we consecrate ourselves to you in a way, God, Lord, that these particular men did, how they went up and got that drink of water for David without hesitation. There was no hesitation, just as David did with Goliath. There was no hesitation. He knew he spoke the words because he had a confidence and assurance that you were going to see him through it. And I believe even here tonight, Lord, that we can have that confidence. We can have that assurance, God. Not just with previous battles, God, Lord, but Lord, even in this passage of Scripture, Lord, as David being an old man, God, Lord, you surrounded him with men, mighty men of valor, God, Lord, to help him even in his weak moments. Lord, even in our weak moments, Lord, that you want to do the same thing with our lives, Lord. You want to equip us, Lord. You want to protect us. You want to preserve us, God, Lord. You want to elevate us, Lord, to the level that you would have us to be. I pray, God, Lord, that we would bring our lives, Lord, to you as a drink offering, that we would pour ourselves out for your kingdom and your glory. So I wonder here tonight if there's any giants that's been weighing down you feel like that you've been battling again and again and again I'm just urging you to come down to this altar not just come down as a and repent like you always do but I'm urging you to make some commitments to say you know what I'm going to heighten my consecration to the Lord I'm going to give some things up because God has so much potential out of each and every one of us in Jesus name